0: Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, um, uh, I'm going to preach a direction tonight I've never preached in my life. (laughs) Why do you laugh so hard, Pastor Debbie? (laughs) (laughs) And, <laughs> but just following what God has in my heart, yes. um, any, well, we'll get further into it here in a minute, but turn with me to first Corinthians chapter 11. First Corinthians chapter 11, and we're going to look at verse 27. And when I pulled out this verse and started meditating on it, I realized, you know something? My husband used to preach on this all the time, and we, I haven't preached on it like I ought. Mm, I don't want to let it slip. So I'm so grateful that God uh, is, is, is directing us back in this direction. First Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 27. Um, Paul, of course, is writing and he's t- talking about how uh, about communion and how Jesus ta- taught him right. about it. Right. So we're not going to read the whole passage for time's sake, but just starting at verse 27, he said, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and guilty of the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Now look at, this is the phrase I wanted to get to, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause For this cause, what cause? Not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak. Many are sickly. And many sleep, or we could say this, die prematurely. So we see this, that he's telling us about a progression that can take place. First weakness, then sickly, and then premature death. We want to catch it before it hits the third progression, (laughs) right? And so we see this that um, we need to to discern, wait a minute, is something, and and I would say this, he is talking about uh, premature death that it arrives you at, but what about just being weak in just revelation? That's not safe,
1: no. That's good.
0: you know? So there's really a twofold application. And my husband used to minister about this often, that there's a twofold application to this. And the first way of looking at it, not discerning the Lord's physical body, right. what he took up on himself. Yeah. What was it? Well, the sin and the, and sickness, it all, it was all laid on him. Yeah. And if people don't discern that, they won't take their stand against that. And they will end up weak, sickly, and in premature death because they don't take of advantage of their, their, their rights in Christ. So that's the first application of looking at it, but then there is a second application of looking at it, and that's not discerning the Lord's spiritual body. And that is the body of Christ that is in the earth today that if we don't discern that our part and our place in the body of Christ for this cause, many are weak, many are sickly, and many die prematurely. And it's all because they're not taking their place in the body. And you say, well, is that judgment from God? No, it's disobedience. And when you get into disobedience, you get on the devil's territory. And when you're on the devil's territory, he can attack you. That's right. So our safe place is knowing our place in the body and yeah. taking that place yes. 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 Amen. on purpose.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> I said on purpose, knowing that when you got born again, you got born into You got born into a place in his body. And it is the privilege of pastors to teach that because if pastors don't teach it, people just think that their only obligation to God is to attend church. But we attend church so that we can be taught our place. That's one reason we attend church, right? And so, we need to be aware we all have a place. I don't care how long you've been born again. I don't care if it's been for decades or just a short time. You have a place that God has set you in the body as it pleased Him, as it pleased Him. And if He is pleased for us to be set there, we need to be pleased to be set there. We don't put our preference in a different place than where He's pleased for us to be. Amen. Amen. So it is our responsibility to know where He has set us. And my husband used to say this, if you don't know where your, what your part is in the body, just start putting your hand to your natural abilities. And if you'll be faithful in doing that, you'll step into a supernatural flow. Amen. And that's for every person, every child of God. That's why it's so important that you have a pastor and you be part of a local church because uh, absent Christians aren't functioning in their place. They may in a measure at home, but just through their prayer life or faith life, but there is a corporate movement of the body when you come together, right? So Paul was saying that many, not a few, many, many are weak, many sickly, many die prematurely. Because number one, they don't recognize their rights and privileges in Christ, what was purchased by his blood and what was laid on his body. And number two, because we're not discerning our part. And just discerning our part doesn't mean we're functioning in our part. And so these two things the Bible spells out as a cause of why many are weak Sickly, and die prematurely.
1: Amen. Yeah. Amen.
0: So if the if the if if the word spells it out, that specifically, we need to pay attention. Amen. Yes. Amen. God began dealing with me about something, and uh, I want to go back to even my, things my husband said. Dad Hagen said. Dad Hagen talked about that God raises up women in every revival because it's a it's a sign to the world that God uses women, yeah, my husband used to also say often that God is going to use women in a leading way in this last day revival. Amen. amen uh, Sister Lindsay Roberts told us personally about the time that she and Brother Richard came out to visit Oral Roberts out here at his residence and he pulled her in the room and he said, God has been visiting me. And he's talking to me about the mighty army of women he's going to raise up that have a major role in the last days and play a role in Jesus' return. And he said he was she said he was just yeah. wow. so uh, stirred. She said uh, they were. He, they actually came out for, I believe, a birthday party of his, and he just couldn't even huh. stand being in the birthday party till he told her wow. what God was talking to her about. And he says, "And I commission you. I make it a mandate that you tell the women."
1: Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen.
0: Amen. So God said this through men. Yes. 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 So it's not a gender issue. Don't turn it into a gender issue. But he's appealing to people who really get stuck on a natural plane and say, yes, God will use women. Amen. Uh, I'm not here to teach on scripturally why it's, uh, scripturally correct for women to be in the full, full-time full five-fold ministry. That's not the sermon tonight. Dad Hagen taught in it so masterfully in a book called The Woman Question. And so people who have real questions about that, that's the resource to go to that will bless you. Uh, but I don't want the men that are sitting in here tonight to recoil. <laughs> thinking that, uh, Pastor Nancy, you should have saved this for a ladies' conference. <laughs> because the Holy Ghost didn't seem fit to, he didn't see fit to save it for a, a ladies' conference. So, guess what? You get to get in on what the Holy Ghost wanted said. Um, there are reasons why God wants it said in this setting. And number one, the truths apply to everyone. The truths apply to everyone. Uh, But God wanted me to emphasize it, especially for women, uh, because men need to know the place God intends for women to take and for them to occupy because men have women in their lives. (laughs) What is that song? This is a man's world. (laughs) This is a man's world, but it wouldn't be nothing without a woman or a girl. Something like that. Something like that. What's that mean? You, it, men have women. You got a wife, you got daughters, you got mothers, you got aunts, you say, your life is is tied and connected to women. And so that's why God wanted men to hear So they would know how to think toward the women in their lives. And not only that, you pastor women. You're training women. You're training young girls. You're training those who have a vital role in Jesus' return. And what an honor. Amen. Not only that, husbands need to know how to encourage their wives.
1: They need to know.
0: Amen. Because we know this ordinarily. Ordinarily, the majority of your congregations are women. We do a head count. So you need to know how to help the majority that menis- that sit under your ministry to thrive under your ministry. Amen. Now, what God had me, please don't, please don't. Get offense about my bad singing there on that song. (laughs) But the thing is that God wanted me to emphasize something tonight that He wanted me to encourage women to warn them. This is a warning to women tonight that it is dangerous to walk in a measure of your call and not in the fullness of it. It's dangerous that a measure is not enough when he offers us fullness. Amen. We can't uh, you know this spiritual maturity is like physical maturity. You grow into things. And it's not appropriate or acceptable for a young a young man, a young woman to for the rest of their life live off their parents. Let others do everything. Come we on. expect them to not just be, not just bring a measure of supply to the home and the family they're a part of, but we expect them that as they grow, they take in their full, they take their full place. Well, it's the same thing spiritually. That every single five-fold minister, every single believer, you're not going to step into the fullness overnight, but God expects us to progress in that direction and to not stop short at a measure when fullness is what he expects. Very
1: good.
0: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The health and the blessings of God are connected to our obedience to the fullness. Now, see, like when we were building this building, we started. I don't know if anybody remembers the tent. Yeah. <laughs> Three and a half years in the tent. Yeah. And we only intended to put it up two weeks for a fresh oil conference. And we were renting, we had bought the property, we didn't have a structure here yet, and um, we rented the tent just for that conference. At the end of two weeks, we called for them to come pick up the tent, and they said, why don't you keep the tent? (laughs) And uh, Ed said to them, well, the city only allows you to have a two-week permit to have up a tent. They said, well, you let us handle the city. They contacted the city and the city said, if they will show progress of, of building the tent, I mean, building the building, they can keep the tent up wow. indefinitely as long as they're progressing.
1: You wow. the see, progressing.
0: as long as we're progressing toward fullness, we're safe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Amen. That's good. Amen.
0: But if we ever stop, yeah.
1: if, we ever stop yeah. Yeah.
0: if we think that a certain measure is enough, I'm doing enough. Yeah. I've developed enough. I'm bringing enough of a supply. We need, we don't, as I said, none of us arrive at fullness overnight, but we need to be showing God we're advancing, we're pressing, we're reaching. Amen. Our health is connected to it. And uh, I'm stirred in my spirit that there's too many who have been weak, sickly, and died prematurely. When if we would just address this, we would be held in a place of safety. One thing that opens the door to the devil in the life of women to make them sick or have problems in their home is to only move in just a measure and say, that's all I need to do. All you need to do is what Jesus said, but you don't get to, to, to define what all is. Amen. He does.
1: Amen.
0: Um, and I would dare to say, and this is what God is wanting me to emphasize tonight, that there are Christians, including women, that don't walk in the fullness of what they're called to. They're not discerning their part in the body. And that's why they're weak, Sickly, and some die prematurely, and not just physically, but even they're weak spiritually. Their marriages may be weak, their finances are weak, their mental health is weak. It's connected to when I mean, the word has spelled out so significantly the cause of many, they're affected. So this isn't, you know, this doesn't just affect women, but God is wanting me to say to women because women sometimes dismiss themselves because they're married to a man of God. Yeah. Come on. And I'm, let me go a little bit further with that. It was my privilege um, to be married to a man who recognized and valued yeah. the anointing on women. Yeah. Yeah. He recognized that. He did not devalue that and treat that as less than. I learned the value that God placed on a woman through this man, through my husband. My husband taught me how God valued women and anointed them and used them. He could do that because he knew who he was in Christ. When you know who you are in Christ, you always want everyone around you to flourish. Everyone around you, everyone around you to flourish. It's not a threat to you. Paul said, "You are our letter. You are our, if we could say this, our our show of fruit. You're, what is happening with you? Are doing well. That's what gives us." Uh, that's what shows, that's the fruit of our ministry, you see.
1: Good
0: you. Amen. Right. As I learned to obey God in my call, and I'm still learning, sure. believe me.
1: Yes,
0: yes. I've also learned in that process not to overstep. Yes. Because there is a balance yes. to this. So in stepping up, don't overstep because that's just as dangerous as not stepping up to overstep into what is your husband's to overstep into somebody else's office or somebody else's voice. That's not your voice. You don't have to overstep because if you'll just step up, there's fullness for you. I knew my husband's voice was not my voice. We, we were one flesh, but we did not share a voice. He could say things by the spirit. God would not ever allow me to say, not ever assign me to say, because it was, particular to his office and to the room, uh, to the degree of anointing that was upon him. And what you can say is connected to the degree of anointing. What you're authorized to say and what you're not authorized to say. Well, I've been given all authority. Not, not Not outside your place, you haven't. Not outside your place. Amen. I never asked my husband to let me preach. Because when God has a place for you, you don't push your way into it. You're promoted into it. And you say, well, they won't let me. We'll just let God handle it. Let God handle it. But don't you try to handle it. You let God handle it. Amen. Because God knows how to open doors no man can shut. So I never... I never tried to promote myself. I mean, I would get in trouble with my husband because he would say, you're preaching tomorrow night. And I'd go, oh, they want to hear you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And uh, he would, I, you don't know how many times I got rebuked in the back room.
1: <laughs>
0: because he was lear- he was training me. He was teaching me. And I'm so grateful that he valued He valued everyone's place, not just his place, but everyone's place. Everyone needs to be encouraged to keep stepping up into the fullness. But we also have to, in that encouragement, be aware, don't overstep. You don't, you have nothing to prove. No one has anything to prove. A woman, you got nothing to prove. You do not have to prove you're equal to a man. Just be an example. Just be an example. So, I, I'm going to be speaking further a little bit more because these things apply to everyone because everyone's called to something, but not everyone's called to fivefold ministry. And some of the things that are said tonight are really emphasizing those women called to fivefold ministry, but truths of it apply across the board. Um, women are first and foremost, your first and foremost call. Is to be a helpmeet to your husband, first and foremost, first and foremost, first and foremost. No matter what five fold office you may be called to, you never graduate out of being the helpmeet to your husband. Never. I say this to our congregation you are your husband's secretary. <laughs> You are. Ed would come up and he'd say, God told, for example, the Bible school, God, he said, God told me to start a Bible school. I said, okay. He said, get with it. <laughs> You're doing it. I, what was I doing? I was his help to help yes. him fulfill what God said to him. Yes. That was first. Even over pastoring, yep. even over traveling, that was first. God said to me years ago, you do everything you can to see to it that he fulfills his ministry and I will see to it that you fulfill yours. Meaning this, I could leave the fulfilling of my call in God's hands as I took my husband fulfilling his call in my hands with him. No, I wasn't the Holy Ghost, but I was totally invested in his success not into my ministry.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. One primary way, not the only by any means, but one primary way that a woman is to be a a helpmate to, a helpmate to her husband is in prayer. One of the primary ways. Because if that's not being done, pulpit ministry is, is not near as impressive to God. You may flourish in your ability to preach the word, but if this is being neglected. I know there were times and seasons when I spent uh, 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 extended amounts of time praying in the spirit, God told me, and I said to God one day, I said, You know, because in pastoring and traveling and ministering the offices and raising children and all, all that we did, um, I would say, I, I'm pulled at knowing what's priority in my prayer life. I'm pulled. Yeah, sure. yeah. And thankfully, one day He said to me, He said, It would please me if you would emphasize praying for your husband and praying for revival. And I I appreciated him bringing those two things to the forefront for me, because there's so many things that can pull at you. And um, you say, well, you were a pastor, wasn't it foremost to pray for the sheep? Well, that's the the responsibility of the whole congregation is to pray for each other. I was not going to neglect praying for my husband, praying for the sheep. We're Amen. to pray for yeah. one another. Yeah. This is a family business of yeah. prayer yeah. 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 for the local church.
1: Amen. 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 That's right.
0: Amen. So I noticed that when I would spend much time praying for my husband, how different he was. Not, be, not by conversation, but things that would have tried to pressure him. He, he lived restful in the face of it. Because I, I would deal with things in the spirit so that it would not be something that would hold him back from advancement. And I will say this, that you are anointed as a wife to pray for your husband in a way no one else can. Because no one else is one with him. You can have one of the leading men of God, but they are not authorized to pray and get the results for your, your your husband like you are because they are not one and you are one with him. You have a place before the throne for your husband that no one else can occupy because of that oneness. You cannot shift that prayer responsibility to the prayer group.
1: All right. Cannot.
0: Amen. And my husband would say, he said, I can tell when you're praying for me. He said, I can tangibly feel. Why is that? Because as the head of the family, as the head of the ministry, he's the point man. Yeah. He's going to feel things the rest of us don't feel. Him being at the point shielded the rest of us. So we were to shield him from the place we occupied. And it's not about, I don't, it's not about, you have to be careful ladies about saying, why, why do you just worry about money so much? Why do you get so uptight over things? Because you're not in their position taking the hits. And there are demons that war against the plan of God. For your life, for your husband's life, for the life of the ministry, there are demons that are assigned that all they're trying to do is get them off course of the plan. And they will feel that opposition. And it will affect them, and you can't just say, I don't I just don't know why they're always touching. I just don't know why. You don't know what's coming against them because you don't stand in their place. But my husband would say, I can tell a difference when you're praying for me than when others, because many others prayed for him. But he said, when you pray, it's different. Why? Because we're one. Amen. Amen. When the wife prays, the husband is safeguarded in a way that the prayer team won't be able to get results in. Why? There again, it goes back to oneness. Yeah. Yes. Well, and then, then uh, this mistake I've heard over years with people saying, well, my husband doesn't pray as much as me. My husband doesn't read his Bible as much as me. And I'm not talking about ministers. I'm just talking about yeah, just Christian right. couples. Yeah. Well, if you're praying as you ought, He's out doing other responsibilities and he's, he should not be duplicating what God put on you. God assigned you to that place. And so you can't say what God's assigned me and then judge him as failing in his place just because it doesn't look like your place. And then accuse him of not being as spiritual as you because he doesn't pray as much as me. You're welcome. <laughs> <That's good. laughs>
1: right.
0: Praise the Lord. Um, Dad Hagen would make this statement. He said, Women running around trying to have a ministry. He said, If they'd stay at home, take care of their family and the husband and the children, they'd find out they have a pretty good ministry. Right. <laughs> He's right. What's he saying? That's your first ministry. That's your first. Because uh, it's not success to w- go out and have something out here when something at home is not attended to. This is part of discerning your part. Well, you know, I'm called to the fivefold. Yes. Maybe so, but there's a, there's a a previous call that's a priority. (laughs) Yeah. And it's paramount. And if you'll take care of this highest call, the other one will be, uh, will be fulfilled in a, in a, in a successful way instead of an imbalanced way. So, um, I was blessed to be able to travel with my husband at times, but I was so grateful that in in pastoring for 25 years, I look back and I was so surprised that God had me to pastor for 25 years. I thought maybe he had five, (laughs) seven at tops. (laughs) But I'm so grateful for 25 because it gave me time to raise my children. It gave me time to be at home with them. And I so appreciate that my husband would say, he'd say, because I told him when we got married, I said, now I just, just telling you up front, I don't cook. I said, I didn't say I won't cook because that's wrong. That's wrong to say what you will or won't do. But I said, I don't, meaning I have, there's no history. There's, Nothing behind me pointing to this. And, and it was so sweet what he said. He said, honey, I didn't marry you because you could cook. I married you because you loved me. And he said, just love me. I'll hire someone to cook. Well, see, the thing is, is that he did not, he did not struggle over things that weren't important. He, w- he said, I want to get you the help because you helped me. I want, I will hire, I'll believe God for the money to hire people to help you because you helped me. Now see, that's renewed thinking. Not you got to do it all. Now I'm not saying you can't do it all. I'm saying work it out between the two of you, but don't decide that well, I, I've been not going further. I'm going to oh. start meddling. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. But, laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had help and it was his idea, not mine. Right. Yeah. I didn't say, bless God, you better get help in here. Yeah. No, he, it was his, it was his idea, yeah, yeah. but I never gave the role of wife and mother to hired help. The hired help got the cleaning, the laundry, the things that I did not need to do, but no one could take my place as helpmeet and as mother. And I did not ship my kids to other people because I'm a pastor. Thankfully, because I was a pastor, I could bring my kids with me. And I kept them with me. I knew where they were. I knew what they were doing. And that's why we avoided a whole house full of problems. I kept them with me. Because they were never an intrusion against my office. I didn't treat them like they're a distraction. They are not. They're first. My kids are first over your kids. That way, if you'll realize that about your family, your kids are first over someone else's kids, then everybody's kids get put first. But having a call does not dismiss me from these other things. Now, see, we won't stay on this all camp meeting, so cheer up, it's going to get better. Yeah, i it. I told you I've never preached on this. So, (laughs) but once they got older, God would assign more to me, but I didn't go out and try to take more. God would promote me into more because as they got older, meaning they were 18, 19, 20 and on their own more. I'm not talking older being 12. (laughs) God's divine order is that the husband is the head of the family. That's divine order. That's not up for debate. Being called to a five-fold offices does never authorize us to disrupt divine order. Being head of the family does not mean everything is your way as the husband. the husband. Being head of the family means you're responsible to do what's best for everyone in the family. It's, you're responsible to get before God and know the plan for the family, Amen. not get your way. Amen. Right?
1: Amen.
0: And so he, um, um, the husband is responsible to hear God's plan. Now, if the wife is praying, he will hear what he wouldn't have heard if you hadn't prayed. His hearing will be connected to you praying for him. You say, well, he doesn't pray that much. No, but you should. You see, I'm not saying that a man's dismissed from prayer. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, don't measure. Don't, don't, don't do that because you're always going to measure yourself in the favorable direction. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I want to read a section out of Dad Hagen's book called "I Believe in Visions." Uh, the chapter called "The Hospital Visitor." I believe it's chapter seven in that book. And you know the story; most of you would know the story. Dad Hagen was preaching on the road. He, he uh, fell on his elbow. Uh, he knocked it out of joint, knocked it out of place. He had to be taken to the hospital and they had to put some things back in place, but they kept him overnight. They had to sedate him, you know, to do it. So they wanted to keep him overnight to watch him. And in the course of that, Jesus came walking down the, the hospital corridor, walked into his hospital room, pulled up a chair and sat and talked to him for an hour and a half. And during that time, uh, Jesus said to him, he said, Uh, this was not the will of God for this to happen. I had nothing to do with it. He said, the devil, of course, did that. But then he said, "Uh, I permitted it. I permitted it. He said, because if I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to get your attention and talk to you and you'd have been dead by the time you're 55 because you were going the wrong direction. So, this is, listen to the words here that Dad Hagen said, that Jesus said to him. In order to get, this is Brother Hagen writing, in order to get my attention, look at these next phrases, and to bring about my complete submission, and to bring about my obedience to his perfect will. See, he wasn't there, he wasn't submitting. And he wasn't in obedience, okay. yeah. but Jesus permitted this yeah. to get his attention for him to recognize something's off. Yeah. Something's off yeah. right. because many times in our ministries, mm-hmm. men and women, but I want to especially highlight women, but still, this is true for men. We can have something off and not realize it yeah. because we're, we're in the ministry.
1: Yeah,
0: We're doing what the ministry calls for. We're doing what we've always done, but we can still have some things off. So Dad Hagen said, Jesus allowed this in order to get my attention and to bring about my complete submission and obedience to his perfect will. God had allowed this calamity to come in my life. And Jesus said to me, it is my perfect will that men and women enjoy divine healing and divine health but many are like you and are only living in my permissive will for this reason difficulties have been permitted to come their way when difficulties come don't just keep doing what you're doing find out what do i need to address to bring about my complete submission and my perfect obedience there's a cause. I want to learn to submit and obey without a without a crisis. That's ideal, right? That's ideal. So God said to me three things to bring out to ladies tonight, and I'm talking primarily to fivefold or those who you work alongside your husband um, to develop further in these. Pay attention to these three things. Number one, and I'll, I'll list the three, then I'll go back and talk about each one. Number one, some need to develop more in their preaching and teaching gifts. Amen. Number two, he said some devalue what God has put in them or they think they don't have much of a supply to bring. Number three, He said, some are doing the actions of their call, but their hearts are not in full agreement. They are inwardly, they aren't inwardly agreeing as they ought. they're doing it as a duty instead of out of a place of agreement. Now, let me go back to the first thing that he said. Some need to develop more in their preaching and teaching gifts. Remember what I said, just having a measure is not going to be safe not fulfilling just a measure but we need to we need to be moving toward the fullness That's right. and part of if you're called to fivefold ministry yep. you're going to have to develop your teaching and preaching gift um some think that if the husband is teaching and preaching that dismisses them because I'm there to hear and support my husband but not if you're called to a fivefold. Their obedience and their development is not yours. And it does not dismiss you from developing yours. Years ago, when God started talking to me about writing books, I said, God, Brother Hagen's written the best books I've ever read. I could never say it better than him. And God said to me, him serving his generation is no substitute for you serving your generation. That's Acts 13 verse 36 where it says, And David, after he served his own generation by the will of God, fell to sleep. What's God expect you? He expects you to serve your generation. And he's not a, he does not allow you to spend someone else's serving and call it yours. He does not allow you to look at your, your husband and say, well, he's doing a good job. He's doing it all. That does not dismiss you from developing your own.
1: That's right.
0: um, Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works. Well, what are the works he did? Well, Jesus went everywhere teaching, preaching, and healing. Yeah. Two-thirds of that was teaching or preaching two thirds of that. The majority of his ministry was teaching and preaching. If, if ladies, if you're called to a five fold ministry and you don't develop your teaching and preaching, there's two thirds of the, of the works of Jesus you're neglecting. And if we're not careful, people will get the idea. Well, my part is to just flow in the gifts. And what scripture are you basing that on? Because if you're called to a five fold ministry, God may use you with the gifts of the Spirit. And that may be an emphasis, but that is never a replacement for the two-thirds of the preaching and the teaching. Dad Hagen made a very sobering statement. He was talking about, because see, Dad Hagen would warn us about these things because he saw it in the healing revival. People building their ministries on the gifts of the Spirit. They had, they did not develop their teaching and their preaching gifts. And he said it, he saw them that they would get into a service and if the Holy Spirit was not moving, through manifestations of the Spirit, they would start yielding to, to familiar spirits, evil spirits, to try to perform because they had not developed right. their teaching and preaching. Amen. So if the Holy Spirit doesn't manifest Himself through the gifts of the Spirit, when you've developed teaching and preaching, you've always got something to bless the people with. Right. But if you think your only ministry is to flow in the gifts, you're, un, you're going to get unsound and imbalanced. And that's what you will produce yes. under, under you. Yes. People that are unsound and unbalanced. You've heard, you've heard this, uh, maybe this way of saving something. If you find a hungry man, you give him a fish, you feed him for a day. You give him a fishing pole, you feed him for his life, right? You've heard that. And I say this in a way not to diminish the gifts of the Spirit, because thank God for the gifts of the Spirit. They are not to be diminished. But operating in the gift of the Spirit is simply a one-time help for a one-time need. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. It. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. But
0: preaching and teaching, yeah. you've, you've fixed him for his life.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: operating in the gifts of the spirit is giving someone a fish but teaching and preaching is giving them a fishing pole because now you've given them the answers for how to live their daily life now don't misunderstand me sometimes we people need a fish when they're starving don't hand them a fishing pole and try to teach them a lesson they're too hungry to hear you they're too hungry to take in that lesson when people are hurting, when people are suffering, get them relief, get them help, and then teach them. Amen. So they need a fish and a fishing pole sometimes. But don't give them a fish and they just walk off and leave them in the same condition to repeat that without the teaching and the preaching. And ladies, God is dealing with me that there are some of you that are having problems physically, and, and, and even people that may be watching by live stream, that this is a cause. You're not developing your teaching and preaching because you're resting on, you like the drama of the gifts of the Spirit. You like the thrill of the gifts of the Spirit. But I tell you what, what's, what, what puts someone's, what rewrites the story of someone's life, someone's life is the teaching and preaching of the Word. Because now you've rewritten their future with, what, with that life-changing Word. Even Jesus, when you go and you look at the man at the pool of Bethesda, that was a gift of the spirit that he received his healing. Remember, he had been for 38 years, been in that condition. Jesus, he never heard Jesus preach. He didn't know who he was. Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. And he did. And he went to the temple. Jesus found him later in the temple. See, there at the pool of Bethesda, he gave him a fish. But later at the temple, he gave him his fishing pole. He said, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come on you. See, he told him how to stay free. So even when Jesus ministered by the gifts, he also gave them something they could live on. So do not get it in your thinking. That my ministry is the gifts of the Spirit. If you're called to fivefold, you are called to teach, preach, and heal. Yes.
1: Yes. 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 Yes.
0: And women will dismiss themselves from that development of the teaching and preaching because they're, they're married many times to someone who's got that development. But it's not yours. It's not his faith is not your faith. Yeah, right. His fellowship with God is not your fellowship with God. That's right. Amen. 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 You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second thing, now see, God kept me up last night telling me these three things. So I'm going to keep you up. Yeah. Um, yeah. The second thing he said to me last night, some devalue what God has put in them. Or they think they don't have much of a supply to bring. That is, they devalue their calling. They devalue their place in the body. They devalue the revelations that God has given them. They devalue the anointing that's on them. To devalue what came from God is dangerous. To diminish and devalue what's in you is to diminish him who works in you. And none of us can live under a great blessing devaluing the greater one that's in us. Years ago, years ago, 30 or so years ago, I had a dream one night and I saw myself in a coffin dying prematurely. There were several things God talked to me about that. One of the things he said is he said, you're not bringing your full supply to your husband. And I said, God, now see, our marriage is a little bit, was a little bit different in the respect because the 20 years age difference. We didn't, you know, when young people get married today, they're, they're finding their feet together. Together. They're working it out. My husband had already worked it out when I married him. I did not have to go through that season, but he took me through mine. But because I was raised in a more, my mother, uh, she valued maturity and she demanded it. So I was, I was in maturity a little bit further than maybe somebody else my age. But because of that, I still knew I was so far behind spiritually he, he was in the ministry almost 20 years when I married him. I was just saved and filled with the Holy Ghost like two or three years. I'd never even heard of the fivefold ministry wow. when I married him. Wow. I never heard the word anointing. What's that? Wow. Never heard it. So you can understand, I felt, like, I felt like a cowboy being pulled behind a horse. You know, my boot was caught in the stirrup and I'm just being drugged. <laughs> I, I fell off that horse long time ago. And that's the way I felt. I'm just trying to keep up with the flow of what God's doing. I'm trying to catch up, much less try to get in front of the horse. This ain't going to happen. But my, my, because of that, I was so aware of how young I was to him that I was so aware of what I needed. I was not aware of what to bring. And God showed me, he said, you are assigned to bring a supply to him and you're not bringing it. And I said, I don't have it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, that didn't work. That argument didn't work. (laughs) But what I'm saying, what I'm, what I'm saying is he showed me dying prematurely from not valuing what was in me because I thought it wasn't enough. Uh And this is something that women need to check on yeah. because you get so used to many times seeing your husband flow in certain ways and you think that your part's fulfilled and it's not. Right. Yes. God, uh, my husband is the one who helped me value what was in me. Amen. He did not try to protect the pulpit for himself. He was always looking to bring someone up. No wonder God entrusted him with the FOF ministerial association because he was always wanting people to flourish. He wanted them enhanced in what they were called to. But I'm telling you that was most prominent in his home, how he treated me and our children. It's called spiritual. He was spiritual. He was spiritual. He didn't feel like he had to protect something from somebody else getting his part. No one else can take your part. Amen. He, he drew out the giftings in people. He drew them out. He taught us how they function and how to be more successful in functioning in them. But that was because he was secure on who he was in Christ. And anytime there's not the sharing of the flourishing, go back and reestablish who you are in Christ because you will never find your security in diminishing someone else. You never get fulfilled in someone else being unfulfilled. It's all in who we are in Christ. Amen. Amen. And with ladies, sometimes in not wanting to step forward, they they find their comfort zone. This is human nature, not just ladies. This is human nature, but women. Because I'm speaking especially to you, because God wants me to single this out for you, to protect your health, yes, to protect your future and to protect a long life. Um. They don't want to get out of their comfort zone, so they start complaining. I don't want to do that. The husband says, you need to do this in the church. You need to do that. I don't want to do that. Well, are we talking about your flesh or your spirit?
1: Yeah. Come on. Right. Right.
0: Because you'll never obey God until you step over your flesh.
1: You'll yeah.
0: yeah. never obey God until you step over your flesh. Yeah. And then what happens, many times people complain, they end up complaining against their calls. They don't recognize that that's what it is, but they are. They're complaining against what they're called to and how dangerous it is to complain against a holy office. to complain against what God tells you to do. I don't want to lead that. I don't want to lead prayer. I don't want to lead music. I don't want to, da, 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 da. I just want to say, I've always done that. God may have allowed you in the past, but as we advance and as our families grow up, God's going to put more of an expectation on ladies because your time is his. Just settle this. Whatever he tells me to do is my. It's my, it's my wealthy place. It's my joy. It's my happy place. It's my home. I'd rather preach than die prematurely and miss miss out on everything. The Hebrews complained as they were being led into their miracle. They complained and, and uh, vipers came in and hundreds of thousands died in one day. Why? Complaining against the plan. plan. Complaining against the plan. It's dangerous. Um, There's a particular person that I won't use their name. Many of you would know. Some of you wouldn't know him. But the husband was a precious, precious, very uh, deeply spiritual man. And the husband and wife ministered together often. And then he went home to be with the Lord and she was left here and she carried on. And she was telling this story one time that she was um, preaching at a church and in the, during the service she became, she started feeling ill and she had to leave the service and then come back because she had, she was ill. She got on the plane to fly home and she was ill and she got, she sat down on the plane and said, God, What's, what's going on? And he said, um, you're not in agreement with my plan. And she goes, what do you mean? And he said, you think you were only, that your value diminished when your husband left because they, they ministered together much of the time in the pulpit. And he said, you thought that what was in you was not enough to stand on its own. Now see, now that she's out preaching but inwardly she's devaluing inwardly. She's still fulfilling. It looks outward. And this is why many times people will look at someone dies premature and go, I don't know why. No, because you don't know inward things. Don't look at someone's outward and decide that God, God failed them. You don't know inward. She got ill. And he said, it's because inwardly you are devaluing What's in you? Because you thought it was only a value as long as you were standing next to your husband. Listen, what God puts in us can stand alone.
1: That's it. So good.
0: What God put in you does not make you a leaner on anyone. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: It might enhance someone, but it does not make you lean on someone. When I pastored for four years, did not know I was the pastor. Cause Ed said, we're starting a church. There was travel in me all along, but just, I didn't know then that just because travel was in me, didn't mean it was necessarily for the fullness of it back then. So I was 29 years old and we started the church and Ed said to me, you're the pastor. I said, I'm not the pastor. God didn't tell me I'm the pastor. And I certainly wasn't asking cause I knew I'm not the pastor, <laughs> but because he was gone, I had to pastor. Somebody had to show up. So I did the music, made the announcements, received the offering, preached the sermon, greeted the people on the way out and did it for four years. Not knowing I was the pastor. I was doing it outwardly here. But inwardly, I had not agreed to be the pastor for four years. (laughs) You say, well, what's wrong with you? Well, just let me ask you what's wrong with you. <laughs> So, anyway, after four years, we're having a conference. A certain man gets up to preach on the morning service, but I get caught up in the Spirit. And Jesus said, Do you love me? I should have known where this is going. <laughs> what, was, what was my problem that day? I fell right into that. And I said, You know I love you. And he said, Then feed my sheep, Pastor. You could have knocked me over with a feather. I was stunned. So, I'm a pastor. You say, why didn't you know before? Because I didn't ask because I didn't want to hear. I did not want to hear that I was pastor. Why? Because I had already decided what I was. I had decided. And I was, I knew because in me was travel. I knew. Mm -hmm. What's in you needs his wisdom. So I, uh, he said to me, Sunday, you get up and you announce to the congregation, you're the pastor. And I, and I thought, my gosh, they are going to be so shocked. (laughs) And I got up and I said, I've got an announcement to make this morning. And so they're all just kind of leaning forward. Like, what is it? And I said, I'm the pastor. And it's like, they look at you like, well, Can we have an announcement? You're going to have an announcement. When's the announcement? You know, because everyone in the building knew it, but me, why? Because I had not inwardly agreed and God was endeavoring to help me keep the door closed to the enemy by saying, you're going to get up and announce why? Because if I had not announced my agreement, it didn't matter that I was fulfilling the role without inward agreement being in place. And there are some people, they're carrying it out with a grudge. They're, they're doing the role without joy. No joy is a sign of no agreement. Praise the Lord. Then some women don't step up into what God's dealing with them about because their words are sabotaging their obedience. Saying things like, I don't want to do that. Saying things like, I don't like that. I don't want to be in front of people. You're, you're already, you are you got other people to do it. Why don't, why don't you just let brother so-and-so do it? Why don't you, I, I just don't have much to say. They don't want to hear from me. They want to hear you. You're sabotaging and making your obedience difficult. You're building a mountain for you to have to climb over no. with your words. Yeah. Just say this, Father, anything you have for me, I'm pleased to do it. Just please. If you'll just get an agreement, that agreement will carry you into a sweet flow. Amen. Notice the phrases of that. It's all about me. I don't want. I don't like. I'm, I'm uncomfortable. It's, ministry's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the people that God has helped for. Amen. Disagreement is a lack of renewing of the mind. The mind needs further renewing. Amen. Amen. Don't practice disagreeing with your call. Practice agreeing with it. Don't practice disagreeing with it by saying, I don't want to do that. I mean, he always has me do that. I don't know why you asked me. Quit asking me. Don't go quiet on me. (laughs) 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 Neglecting. Going, making progress into the fullness of your call and what you're born for is dangerous. Amen. Many are weak. Many are sickly and many die prematurely from it. Long life is connected to our obedience and obedience is agreement. Amen. Don't assume that everything you're currently doing is all you should be doing. Ask him, ask him because sometimes you can do something along with your husband in the church for so long. You think I'm right in, I'm right in it. You, you don't know. Sometimes God's added things and you didn't catch up with that.
1: Amen. Uh,
0: So devaluing is dangerous. Don't think little of, what's, of what God's done through you and in you Amen. and for you. Amen. Somebody needs it. Somebody needs Amen. it. Amen. Amen. People, people many times just value a testimony where someone was brought back from the edge of ruin. Thank God for testimonies where God re- rescued someone from the edge of ruin. But what about someone like a, a Lois and a, a Eunice that never went to the edge of ruin but just produced a yeah. Timothy? Yeah. Amen. So the third thing he said, some are doing the duties of their call, but their hearts are not in full agreement. Doing it more as a duty. Listen, it's a high honor and it's a privilege to be able to speak answers into the lives of people and handle the word of God. That is the thoughts of God. Amen. Uh, Women can get used to a regimented lifestyle because women many time have to be the order of a household. Yes. And God may do things that shakes up your order and you yeah. Better, yeah. Let better let him shake it.
1: Yeah. Shake
0: it because being rutted can also make you weak, sickly, yes. 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 Right. Yes. and premature difficulties. Yes. Yes. Amen. 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 Um, if you recognize that something needs to be adjusted, it doesn't take long it Doesn't take long to come into agreement. It doesn't take long. My husband, uh, was diagnosed in his late fifties with cancer and he went back home and, uh, in 10 minutes of arriving back home, cause he said to God, he said, God, you don't miss it. I missed it. Where'd I miss it? He said, Two places. I've been dealing with you about resting. You haven't haven't rested your body. Number two, he said, uh, you're not obeying me in the prophet's office. Now, notice he's out ministering. He's functioning in the prophet's office. But God said, I'd tell you to say things and you don't say it. What was that? Not agreeing. Not agreeing to that. And I've just learned this. I'd rather go home and be healthy after a service. Then go home and have to believe God for healing because I didn't obey. But God said, and Ed said, okay, I repent of that. And God said to him, okay, in, t- in 30 days it'll all be gone. And day 28, he went back to the doctor. The doctor said it's all gone. See, it didn't take long. Once he came into agreement. Once he came into agreement. What about King Hezekiah? The prophet comes in and said, set your house in order. You're going to die. You'll surely die. God was not sentencing him to death. God was saying the direction you're going is certain death. That's the end result of it. That's the end result of it. And he said, set your house in order. He did not set his natural house in order. He set his spiritual house in order. He turned to the wall and he got it right with God. And before the prophet could even get off his property, God said, go back and tell him I'm giving him 15 years. See, it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long. You don't have to struggle. When you, when you come to agreement, everything starts working right. I love a statement I had heard Dad Hagen say. I only heard him say it once. And it was on a recording for uh, there at, at Rama Bible Training Center. Um, he made this statement. He said... Uh, If you will get your spirit in order, your body will start responding. If you will get your spirit in order, your body will start responding. Praise the Lord. Now, God wanted this addressed here because I believe God's wanting husbands to encourage their wives in this. Why? For their own safety. And if you've gotten an attitude, if a, if a husband feels like he can't talk to you about it anymore because you shut it down, mm-hmm. it's not on his side yeah. that needs to be corrected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My husband was not simply my husband. When he was an anointing, he was a man of God speaking into my life. And if you only treat your husband as a husband, you're setting yourself up, especially if he's your pastor. Yeah. When he's, when he's under the anointing, he is not your husband. He is your pastor. And you need the voice of a pastor so your life won't be scattered. Yes. And if you only hear him as a husband yeah. and not as a pastor, you're going to forfeit help yeah. that God offers you that can only come through the pastor. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Through the office of the pastor. Yeah. Right. But my husband ministered to me as a prophet of God. Yes on many occasions. And I didn't just say, well, that's just my husband talking. He's a prophet of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, uh, if we get irritated when our spouses encourage us in a certain direction, there's something we're not submissive in and obedient in. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. The longer we are in the ministry and the greater the anointing, the smaller the margin for error. When you were young, younger, and God would deal with you about these things, there might not have been immediate results or repercussions from it. But as you get older and as the anointing grows, you don't have the same margin for disobedience.
1: Um,
0: You're a vessel. You're a vessel. When you're if your vessel is a quarter full of the anointing so to speak you got 3 quarters full for a margin of error oh. but as that vessel contains more and more of his power and his ability moving and his anointing flowing you don't have the same room wow. for error yeah.
1: That's
0: right. yeah. Amen, Amen. Yeah. and whether you know it or not or whether you like it or not you're getting older yeah. <laughs> and God's going to de- expect more, he expects yeah. more. He expects more of us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you made it. Stand with me to your feet. Father, we're so grateful tonight. We thank you. Every body, every part of the body functioning as it ought. Father, what an honor to have a place in your body. We take our place. We honor the place that you have set us. We didn't earn it. You set us there. But because we're there, we're responsible toward it. We recognize. And I I would say this to you. Don't you define the place. Let him define it for you. And your place doesn't have to look like someone else's. Amen. You just be and do what God's dealing with you about. Amen. So we, Father, we honor that place. We honor that place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.